sir. Jeremiah Dirk, how you doing, man? Still alive. Yeah? You, uh, you? are you taking a nap, bro? Uh, my whole life is a nap, dude. <laughs> I feel, I feel your pain, man. Hey, um, we're, we're sitting here, me and uh, Nomadic Vagabond here. You want to say something, Nomadic? What up, though? Be blessed in the name of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And we're, we're, uh, we're looking at each other, but we, we're missing one face that we really want to see. Uh, Paul McCartney. <laughs> no, man. It's... It's time for It's time for you to jump on the on the ship, man. Got a beard in it's looking something fierce. Having beers with one beers and talking rap careers. Reflecting on the years, connecting on the tears. Shipwreck faith ain't always as appears. I'm bringing you fresh music, I'm bringing fresh ideas. I'm bringing you the dudes in the indie music beers. Chilling after shows and talking about the pain with people who learned how to face it and be sane. Sipping on a brew, doing interviews. No topics off the table, but we focus on breakthroughs. So kick up your feet, we're gonna put it in check. You're listening to brews, beards, and shipwrecks. One, two, one, two, a mic check, stone bands, Royal Ruckus on the scene, just to announce. We got the brews, we got the beards. Tasty interviews for your ears to hear. One, two, one, two, a mic check, stone bands, Royal Ruckus on the scene, just to announce. We got the brews, we got the beards. Tasty interviews for your ears to hear. How's life treating you, man? Uh, it's good. There's ups and downs, but I'm still alive. Yeah. <laughs> so so you yeah. living in Texas right now, right? Yeah, I'm in Odessa. It's like uh, I think it's West Texas. Okay. All right. a, I've been to Odessa and Ukraine. What's what's Texas like? You know what's funny is I found out that Odessa was the name of the rat lines that the Nazis used coming out of the uh, out of the war. <laughs> There was two uh, organizations that developed rat lines, and one of them was yeah. called Odessa. So I have no idea why we're calling this Odessa. But <laughs> made me wonder. Man. Well, hey, you know, normally we, we formally uh, start an episode with uh, welcome to this episode of Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks. I'm your host, Jamie Bennett, also known as Chun J of Royal Ruckus, and I'm here with your boy nomadic vagabond and today we've got uh jeremiah dirt look at that extraordinaire man we didn't even rehearse that guys uh there was no rehearsal how hot was that very hot like brad pitt <laughs> man, what what are you drinking there <laughs> grenade water uh, right? I, have to, I have to admit <laughs> you know you guys said you know uh beards brews shipwreck i got two of those three because i don't drink but this is hot chocolate. <laughs> but I put you got, mar in, I put you got marshmallows? Some, some, yeah, I put in some sea salt, some marshmallows, and some caramel. Nice. It's, it's the bomb, dude. That's bomb, dude. Did, Literally. Did, did you just make that up tonight, or is that something yeah, I just you came up with it? I was like, I like I like salted caramel, so let me just throw some salt in there and see what it tastes like. Yeah. I wanted to do something special for you guys because you guys are special. Oh, <laughs> we appreciate man. that. Actually, that means the, so much. <laughs> a local coffee shop. I just had a uh, smoked maple latte this morning after church. Mm -hmm. Delicious. So. Yeah, that's something I would definitely have too. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like some maple. 
Well, I'm I'm uh, drinking a um, I'm drinking a Partake Brewing Company Stout. It is a non-alcoholic beer, and um, I've I've actually been uh, taking a little time off of drinking. I do drink, but I I I don't know. It's hard on my body, so I find that I take uh, I take breaks, and it's very good. And yeah. so I'm in the middle of one of those. You know, you could call it an alcohol fast, right? Uh, so I'm drinking a, a non-alcoholic stout. It's pretty good. I got to say this about it, though. It's a little thin for a stout. Mm. But, there's, I mean, it's 30 calories. So <laughs> there's, how there's thick can that brewery, be? There's a brewery called um, Athletic Brewing, and they do non-alcoholic beer that actually tastes like beer, and it's delicious. Wow. That's actually something else I have here that I was going to yes. crack open in just a minute. Yeah, Because uh, I'm going wild. Yeah, then I'm gonna yeah. open the non-alcoholic IPA, and actually, this is legit, man. Yeah. If I didn't know this was non-alcoholic, no, yeah, uh, I would think it was just a normal IPA. I've got a uh, two Klaus Hollers, yeah, you know, which is like a non-alcoholic company, um, yeah. which I brought some home just for like fasting periods and stuff. But um, I got two things I'm drinking. A, I got some uh, water here. Okay, Chasani is the best besides yeah. Fiji. Yeah, is that is there are there studies on that or what? I, you know, I'm going off of an older one, but there was one where this guy tested the pH, and he said oh. all the bottled waters are crap except Dasani and Fiji. Interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. Well, I know, I know what, what good water tastes like, and not all water is good water. Well, I'm sorry, no. but Fiji, Fiji just tastes different. And I love it. I can't get enough <laughs> of that. Fiji. Hey, man, living out in Oregon, I've tried California water, and it is horrible. So sorry to both of y'all who lived out there, but I could, I made me sicker, but, uh, I'm sipping a Breakside IPA. It's a local Portland brewery. It's just a classic West coast IPA. Um, you know, not too bitter, nice hoppy, um, decently malty, but crisp and clean. So nice. Nice. Hot, Hot chocolate. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and it, it, it's, it's the grenade. So it's literally the bomb. So to speak. You know, I never, I never got into, definitely never got into beer. I always thought yeah. it tastes like pee pee. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. don't, don't, don't get crazy. All guys know what pee pee tastes like because there's urinals. So <laughs> don't get silly. Anyway, smell uh, it when and I you did, know. When I, yeah, you, well, you know, because you peed in a urine and it splashed in a guy. In a oh, urine. man. I don't care, dude. I don't care who you are. That happened. Um, but the few times I've drinking alcohol in my life, you usually was more like mixed drinks, but even that was yeah. rare. Yeah. I have about a beer a year, and it's usually at somebody's party, and I just walk around with the beer and <laughs> D- double out when I, no one's looking. Well, I dump a little out so 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 it looks like I've been drinking it. Yeah, man. I hold that thing all night long. <laughs> so yeah, so I grew it, up. Uh, I grew up with yeah. uh, people that abused alcohol a lot. Yeah. So all right, that's what I was gonna never, ask. Yeah, it never kind of stuck with me because I didn't like what I saw. You know. Yeah, yeah. I've been there. I've been there. Um, and, I, then I I, like, and then I was drinking the mixed drinks and the few times I drink the, you know, the Tokyo iced teas and the, I love the Texas iced tea and the, any of the iced tea mixed drinks, man, I got myself in a lot of trouble in life. So <laughs> I, was like, I think I'm just going to stay away from the alcohol. Know thyself, brother. Yeah. Yep. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad at- that I get to still hang with you guys. I thought you guys were going to kick me out. No, man. <laughs> 
We're, hey, we're glad I mean, to have look you. Look at this beard. This yeah. beard is no joke, dude. So what's going on with this beard? How, how do you take care of that? Well, I'm trying to catch up to uh, Nomadic over there. Right. I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> you got, you got, you, I mean, you're getting the gray though. So, you know, that's good. Yeah. It's like the highlights. <laughs> Jamie, you know me for a long time, man. I'm Rasta. I'm not Rasta theologically, but I'm Rasta right, right. With my, my hair. Yeah. Uh, I don't do nothing to my beard. I literally nothing. do nothing. I mean, look, at it's all over the place. Yeah. You don't comb it at all. No, I'm no. getting a little dread. Yeah, oh, look at bro. that. Oh. Yeah, man. So, little, hey, so locust yeah. mandibles. Yeah, so like Jamie and I were talking about that a couple of weeks ago because like I hadn't combed my beard forever, and I was honestly like, you know, I'm just gonna let this mug dread up because you know what I'm saying I, I don't comb yep. my hair right. Um, but I went ahead and did it. I got a nice wooden comb, and it felt kind of good, so I just kept doing it. Um, so I don't know. I might I might just kind of just let it go again, and because I, I got like these little curls that'll form on two sides, <laughs> and I kind of like that, you know. So well, the first, uh, crazy. I, I grew up with, uh, you know, I mean, just so everybody understands, Jamie knows, but I'm Christian, obviously yeah. by theology, but I grew up very multicultured and I grew up with Rastas, a lot of Rastas, because when I was homeless, when I was a, when I was a young teenager, there was always yeah. the Rastas down by the beach in San Diego. They would take me in and help me out, you know, yeah. but, uh, the first uh, one of the first Rastas I ever met was a, a a white dude with dreads under his beard that went almost to his knees. <laughs> I mean, wow. he just had this big old plate of dreads that just went yeah. down. That's some dedication. And, and that's that's what I always saw in dreads was dedication. I mean, number one, you're anti um, you're anti establishment, anti fashion with the dreads. But there's also a dedication. It's more than a, it's. I mean, a hairstyle or yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to say haircut, but you don't cut it. Right. And then, then later when I found out that the Rastas used the same verse that the Jewish uh, Orthodox Jews use for the little, uh, I don't know what they're called, but the little long curls, uh, you know? Yeah, yeah. Same, same verses and also that the, Naz the, the Nazarite, Nazarite vow. vow. And so when I found out that it's a, it, once again, the world is just copying the Bible, I was like, yes. You know? <laughs> so... You know, you guys both know I had 10 years of dreads back in the day. Yeah. And uh, it was all off of that Nazarite vow. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you how long you had your locks for because, you know. About 10. Uh, it was about nine and a half, 10 years. Yeah. So what, what made you cut them, man? I was going uh, through a divorce. And it, for me, it was a way to show my ex-wife, mm. unfortunately that uh, I wanted to make a change, you know? Uh, so I had these dreads the whole time I knew her, you know? So it was mm -hmm. like, uh, I just wanted to show her that I'm very serious about making a change. So uh, I cut them off one day and she came home and was like, wow. And then uh, probably about six months later, we still got a divorce. So I should have kept them. <laughs> <laughs> so let me, let me ask well, you. I lost, the, I lost the dreads in the divorce. Yeah, <laughs> I would have oh. had them. It would have been 22 years long now. Oh. So, dude, so, so check this out, bro. So right now I'm at eight years and I, I had them twice. This is my third set. So three for the Trinity, right? But this is my third set. So I, every time I cut them at five years. Okay. So it probably would have been, yeah, what, almost, what, 18 years for me had I never cut them. Wow. Um, 
So my question for you too also is, did you cry when you cut them? Because I know I did both times, like a baby. Excuse uh, me. I don't remember crying, but it was it was a it was a uh, a ritual for me. You know, it wasn't yeah, like I just yeah. went and cut them. I was very somber. I was going through a lot, you know, obviously with my ex, and I didn't want to cut them. Yeah. I, I just felt like. I felt like the reason why I had started them wasn't the reason why they were there anymore. I felt mm-hmm. like there was a lot of pride in my life. I felt like yeah. there was a lot of, uh, I felt like the dreads became like a, uh, identity. And yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. You know, if you look at the Nazarite vow, the whole reason to take the vow is because God is supposed to be your identity. It's a vow yeah. of separation yeah. to right. be, you know, even more separated to the Lord. And by the time I had cut them, you know, there was, it, it was like, you know jeremiah dirt the white dude with the dredge you know and it's like you know so there was a number of reasons but it was very somber and it took 40 minutes and i had to use a uh big old like steak knife because yeah, i was gonna say <laughs> must have need a machete for that yeah. well jamie remembers all the hair in the back was one big, oh yeah you know about that big, big old yeah that, 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 that congo lock yeah i had a con- <laughs> I actually had a Congo that was all my hair in the back. I didn't know that had a name. On the side. But yeah. uh, five years into it, the one on the back was always pulling all the hair on the side, and I would get migraines all the time. So oh, yeah. I had a, that yeah. was the only time I separated my dreads. Yeah. It's for like the a non, deep... for, the, for, the, for the ball head people out there, <laughs> when, you, when you, you, either, you either go about dreads two ways. You go about it more Rasta, which is just leave your hair alone, and it'll it'll grow together especially where you sleep and that's yeah. where you get the big fat ones or we call them bathroom dreads where you sit in the bathroom and pull them apart because you're vain which i never got like why get dreadlocks <laughs> if you're going to be vain about it you know yeah yeah well it's, uh, it's like david hines from steel pulse right yeah you know that that big congo right on top yeah, he put, a, yeah. he put a. From what I understand, he put a, a top hat on and just grew his hair into that top hat. So, oh wow, That's crazy, one, crazy one man! Red. Yeah, he has a big one. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I've seen I've seen pictures of guys that have dread. Well, an- another guy I met, um, Eli, he used to run a um, trade roots, which is a reggae store <clears throat> in San Diego. He had dreads that dragged on the ground. Yeah, and. His were That's probably crazy. the longest I've ever seen. Yeah, but I've seen pictures of old dudes, you know, old rosters yeah. when they have them wrapped around their body. Yeah, and- yeah, it's like a scarf. <laughs> you know, there there was an Orthodox monk. Uh, I've seen a picture of him. He had to carry his beard. I know it's not not dreads, but, uh, uh, but taking hey, it back to beards. Yeah, but yeah, he actually had to carry it in a sack. Yeah, and, and I, I bet you. I mean. You saw it, I didn't, but I bet you there was some little nappies under there. You can't have a beard. Oh, right. No. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, Jamie and I know, but they're look up Father Sarah from Rose. Like he had a dreaded beard, like this Orthodox Christian monk. You know, I mean, just neglected it and that's what happens, you know. Dreadlocks are the most natural thing you can do to your hair. And that's why, you know, when we read stories about um uh Samson who was a Nazarite. Yes, sir. I, I used to get so irritated with people. They were like, oh, he just had really curly hair. It's like the dude didn't cut his hair from birth. He yeah. was probably 25 to 35 years old before yeah. his hair got cut. Trust me, he had seven big giant deadlocks. Yeah. And that's seven what he lot. was known for. 
Yeah. And so I also, Nazir, from what I understand, the, the word actually means unkinked vine. They were called mm. Nazarites because of their hair, because it, you know, it was uh, identifiable, you know, that you would look and go, oh, this guy has a Nazarite vow because, you know, they would probably have their dreadlocks. And so uh, they were called Nazarites, which literally means unkempt vine, which, you know, alludes to the unkempt hair. I don't take mm -hmm. care of my hair. And we also know that Paul was probably under the Nazarite vow here and there because there's these Bible verses where in the middle of writing, he'll just say, I went to, you know, such and such and cut my hair. And you're thinking like, why is he mentioning cutting his hair but for a jewish reader they would know exactly what he's talking about that his his vow was over and he cut his hair and took it to the priest you know did the little ceremony so mm. it's very interesting yeah but still yeah. once again i'm glad i'm glad i found out that they the uh <laughs> my jewish friends uh they originated it woo, woo. <laughs> Hey, I just want to give a quick shout out. I see that face down tank top that you rocking. That's dope, man. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's man. the late, the late. Uh, I got yeah. this probably in '92. Oh, for real. This whole time. Bring me into this. What What is this company? Or it's it's a, oh, it's a, hard, on, a hardcore label. Ah, sorry, I don't know. Yeah, I've had this. Uh, I I barely wear it, but um, I thought I'd wear it tonight. I well, I mean, to put it, I wanted to frame it, man. This shirt is so dope. That's dope. <laughs> Hey, so hey, so dirt. So I'm rocking. Uh, I just got my like this. And my wife got me the, the POD hoodie. Nice. You know what I mean? So nice. I had to, I had to, I had to rock that. I mean, I don't know if you see like what's right behind me. You know what I mean? I got I see some uh... great. I well, I see great <laughs> CDs, but more than that, I see uh, awesome vinyl. Yeah, I got, I got yeah. the vinyl. <laughs> yeah, I see the vinyl. I'm wondering if uh, I'm wondering if you're beating me yet. I think last Me. time I last time I, I didn't count literally, but you know you'll count a section and kind of try yeah. to multiply it. <laughs> yeah, and I was yeah. well over four thousand records. Holy what do you smokes! No, nah, I've I've had to I've had to trim the fat. I've had to. Uh, uh, I mean, I've I, actually I haven't counted. So, but it's like, um, I mean, I might pro I probably had maybe a thousand, maybe. Yeah. See, I think uh, I've got a hundred. Yeah, so you you, well, but, you know what, man? You know, if you have a hundred and a record player, I give you respect. It's like yeah. I meet people that buy a record and they don't even have a record player, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's you know, it's funny. It's it's not how many you have to degree. It's what you got. Because I've had to trim yeah. the fat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's stuff me to me that I'm like, okay, you know what? Like, I'm fine just having this on mm -hmm. CD. There's some stuff I'm like, I gotta have this on vinyl. Like, I'm blessed to have like two copies of Marzil. Um, raw material on vinyl yeah yeah you know yeah no I'm, I, more, I, I'm more of a sample collector uh guy. yeah i don't know jamie if you remember dj tripping um i don't think i do i mean dj tripping was a dj tripping and a rapper uh well, i called him uncle merle but okay. um they were the guys that kind of led me to the lord they, okay. they really they they were the ones that really showed me you can love hip-hop and love uh yeshua at the same time you know before then you know uh, and jamie you were part of that history you you uh hip-hop was back in the early 90s uh hip-hop was the new um classic rock to the church 
you know the yeah. the church had grown out of the calvary chapel days and but there was a time when these hippies were coming in the church and trying to right you know they love rock they love rock and roll and they had bell bottoms and you know but they wanted to be in the church and they were in the beginning told you know you can't can't be like that up in here you know this right we sing we sing hymns in here you know well hip-hop in the early 90s was the new you know you can't wear baseball caps and sag your pants and do that music in church you know? so, <laughs> DJ and, yet, and yet they the, did uh, and yet we did <laughs> uh dj Trippin was uh and merle was the first you know guys that showed me yeah you can you can love the yeah. Lord and love hip-hop yeah. anyway when he died of leukemia in i want to say 95 or 96 he gave me he left me his record collection and that's actually yeah. what really got me started yeah. But like you're saying, nomadic, I had to decide, you know, maybe five or six years later that I don't like singles. It's the same size as a record and it's only got like yeah. two, three songs. Right. Songs. Right. <laughs> so I had to decide to let maybe half of his collection go. You know? uh, yeah, like yeah. He said trim the fat. But yeah. my OCD was kicking in like, no, nah, don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. But I did it. You know, I, I I used to buy the singles just to rock the instrumentals and write yeah. to them. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't really do that anymore. So yeah. they, I agree with you. There's like no need for a single, in, unless maybe it's got a vocal snippet. I've actually, mm-hmm. uh, I've I've bought singles before just for the acapella. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the not thing that you too, necessarily but, need to do that anymore. But oh, but but <laughs> com- coming from a DJ perspective. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, hey, it's dope, you know, cats are coming out with like a, a, the Digi 12s, right? Like, yeah, you know, shout out to Illek Records, but it's like a lot of cats are coming out with like a digital 12 inch. So it's like you got the instrumental acapella, the regular, but a lot of times on the, on the, the single on the 12, you would get like the remix sometimes. Yeah. And so that would be a non-album cut, but I agree with Dirt in the fact that it's like, I, I felt the same way. It's like you're using the same amount just for like less songs. Yeah. You know, yeah. and especially now as far as price wise, it's like, dude, you know, I'm cats are still charging 20 bucks for a single. And I'm like, dude, back in the day I spent $5.99. So I could get I could get an out a, a, a you know a CD and a single for 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, I wanna pa- I wanna pack, you know, I was always uh infamous or famous or whatever you want to call it for uh I put as many songs as I could fit on those CDs, you know. So, yeah, you know, I love records, but like you're saying, Nomadic, back in the day, to buy a little 45 single, yeah. you used to get B sides that wouldn't be released anywhere else. But they, oh, yeah. you know, after a while, they stopped doing that. So, what was the point? Mm-hmm. You know, nowadays you can find any instrumental, and yeah, what I what yeah. I have is those programs that'll you know rip any any video off of uh, YouTube, but it you know you can select just the mp3 right you know? right yeah so it's just not needed any record i buy i buy it because i already have the music on mp3 and i like it so much yeah right. you know, i'll go i'll go but but my records are mostly classic rock really old school hip-hop and i love uh i do love classical music mm-hmm. but uh jazz blues and classic rock is most of what i have yeah Oh, yeah. that's the kind of music I want to hear the the crackly record noises while yeah. I'm listening to those songs. Uh, you know? Yeah, it's it's magical. Now, uh, 
you, you know you were talking about uh loading your records up with stuff uh so we haven't really talked much in the way of introduction uh you're you are a rap artist how would you characterize yourself tell us a little bit about what you've done and uh and i also want to say uh one real quick thing early in your career when uh people were buying cds mm-hmm. and uh you had a vision for packaging like every time. And, uh, you know, I want you to take us into your world and your creative mind, you know? Well, to clarify, I'm a, I'm a white washed up Christian rapper. So <laughs> it's been a while, you know, I've been making music. I'm nearing 30 years now. It's well over 25. Yeah. Um, first album was that plague album that go ahead nomadic you got it back yeah, and say something dude yeah because yeah. <laughs> i think with the video recording we have to say something oh so i'm holding up the uh the the dirt plag album which came out um officially in 98 um on rescue records yeah well you think you're so smart but it was 99 bro well okay so no okay oh okay i'm just going well, off of what was on the back of the of the yeah, don't trust but, that bro Okay, that, so right. that album was done in there was a lot of delays done and i unfortunately got shelved for a very long time um, and I, so I, I was working would... on it from 94 actually 90 yeah. i got signed yep. to rescue in 94 um started work on that plague album and uh yeah jamie i used to you know this, this is why i miss cds you know because you could yeah. really do right. some creative stuff with the yep. packaging that album, oh, and I think uh, no the matter the storyline you had in this, man. The, yeah. Well, I think you have the enhanced CD too. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. A, I do. Oh my but god. Yeah, I mean, just like all the little like story notes you got in here with the yeah. whole thing, almost like a Dead Sea Scrolls thing. Yeah. So you, I mean, you had that, some trouble getting that release too, man. I remember that was that was like one setback after another, but when it finally came out, it was right. Well, people, you know, people just didn't understand the creativity of of what i was trying to shoot for i was trying to create a um a full package basically you yeah know? you did uh, with the shadow of the locust shadow locust ministries and that whole story that's in that and what you pointed out is uh it's not real it's a fictitious story yeah but it was is it, it was to create a vibe you know wu-tang had kung fu and uh yeah. groups before that had you know I remember uh, Sadat X with his cowboy, you know, black Ooh, cowboy. Wild, you know, wild the, cowboys. Yeah. yeah, the wild cowboy. And, you know, so I thought the, the best uh, imagery would be archaeology because it fits yeah. with the Bible. So I try yeah. to go, you know, with that uh, Indiana Jones archaeology vibe. So each each of those pictures in there, Nomadic, or they're like one of them is a famous picture of when they opened uh, King Tut's tomb. In my, in my in my story it's that they're opening you know the, this uh what they find to be like a library of all these scrolls and they they yeah. find these certain set of scrolls that talk about the locust army you know and so it it was just a way to be super creative yeah and it well, yeah and it, it it creates like a a, a mythos you know around yeah. the whole thing like it's mm-hmm. it's a backstory like I, I even think of if you go outside of hip-hop like there's a whole star Wars universe, you know, and people can go to like, you can choose your own level of involvement in understanding that. And you were doing that with your music. You not only were creating, creating the songs, but you're also creating the package that goes with it. that tells a broader story. 
Yeah, the uh, I've been a, a firm believer since I, well, I mean, in anything, you know, I've always been creative, you know, with visuals and music, but yeah, I'm a firm believer that if you're going to, if you're going to be creative, create something that, that feeds people on the surface, but also in depth. And my inspiration was scripture. I can go read Proverbs and, and just get real surfacey wise information. Not that it isn't deep, but you know, it's just, yeah. it's just straightforward surfacey wise information. But I have been reading uh Holy scripture for, you know, at least three decades and I cannot exhaust the thing. It just yeah. never stops getting deep. I'll read verses that I've read and thought that I conquered them, you know, in my, infallible wisdom but uh i just i just you know and then you'll see that thing that oh my gosh i never saw that you know yeah uh jesus's life alone you know you got all the scripture in the old testament you got you know paul and the epistles and you got the acts but even jesus's life alone is so in depth you just cannot exhaust it and so i learned to do that with the music you know I want to feed people on the topic. That's all they want. Like you said, Jamie, if that, let them decide, give, give them something yeah. to eat up at the top, but also give them some depth. And that whole mythos that I was trying to create in there was definitely just for the deep, you know, the deep seekers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, so like, I mean, the first time I heard you was on um, POD's Brown album on breathe Babylon. And, um, I think one thing I've always loved about you, dude, is especially like knowing like, you know, you've got a lot of, um, you know, history with Rasta and things, you know, as do I. And that's what led me where I am today. But it's like, um, you know, you always blended like the way you especially like with even with that plague album, the way you you brought in like that Old Testament vibe and blended with the old and new. And that's what always appealed to me about Rasta. So it's like you know how has rasta i guess like influenced you now and then even like you know where are you now like in your spiritual walk i guess well you know i said it earlier but you know make no mistakes i i i would be theologically considered obviously christian i mean i just love jesus yeah uh yeah. and um uh, I love salvation. I love God. I love the scriptures. Uh, I, I, I was a theological Christian, even when I went through my, you know, teens and, and was around a lot of Rastas. What Rastas did for me was that when I was getting um, kind of beat down by the church, you know, you can't wear those clothes. You can't break dance. You can't, you know, do hip hop music. Uh, the Rastas who read the same Bible that I did uh were just encouraging me to be myself and and be in love with scripture um this is a very surfacey thing to say and there's other people that would be able to explain it way better because you know i'm not into the the rasta uh dogma as much as i used to you know i used to try to study a lot just to understand my friends at the time but um to me rasta was christianity Take the Holy Spirit out, put weed in, take Jesus out, put Rastafari in. And, you know, for a, 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 a Orthodox Jew or a, a Catholic, Roman Catholic or, or a Christian, you know, Protestant, you can't 
take the Holy Spirit out and you can't take Jesus out. You know, it just doesn't right. work. Right. So, you know, Rasta's, uh, I couldn't tell you one Christian person in my young life that knew uh, the just literally the Bible like Rasta's did. I would sit there at the swap meet in San Diego and, and watch my, my friend. His name was Bongo Man because he had he was the one that had the dreads that dragged on the ground. Oh, yeah. You know, he'd sit there high as a freaking kite, dude. You know, he would smoke blunts like that, that fat. <laughs> but he would sit there and recite King James version of like Psalm 119, word for word. Yeah. And I would sit there and pull out my little Bible and I'd be like, man, this right. guy, he's just <laughs> like little Gideon Bible. <laughs> yeah, he, know, he knows it in his head, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So Rasta's gave me that encouragement to understand what I believe. And I would get into theological uh, debates uh, with them. Uh, I'm trying to remember the song, um, A Chapter a Day. And I'm yeah, pretty sure yeah. I'm playing. I'm so old, I forget. But A Chapter <laughs> a Day was written uh, off of the back end of me having a conversation with a friend, Casper, who was more of a rude boy dread. You know, he wasn't really yeah, lost. Yeah, he had yeah, the back end dreads. And, yeah. uh, he, was, he was gangster. He was thuggy. But he tried to be a little bit Rasta, and we would get into arguments, not arguments, but debates, especially about the marijuana. And um, one time it just hit me, like, you're my buddy, man. Like, let's stop arguing about it. And, and I just said, uh, I had told him, to me, everything you say in the Rasta culture that, that weed does for you, I see in scripture that you read too, that the Holy Spirit's supposed to do. And so... You know, excuse my French, but I, I do have French. I know it's French. So but I told, him, I, told him, I told him one time, it feels like when you smoke pot, for you know, for anybody, you're basically telling the Holy Spirit to F off. Mm, like, yeah. F you, Holy Spirit. I'd rather do the weed, you know. Tell me how you really feel, Dirt. Yeah. And so I told him in that same conversation like hey dude we're buddies let's just drop it and, and we had he had a nintendo that we used to always play the original one and i was yeah, like man. just read a chapter a day i'll read a chapter a day we'll get there a week later this dude comes riding up on his bike and he's like bumble clock boy come here what the one he's like <laughs> you, you done messed it up for me and he's like he basically tells me that since i told him you know that you're basically telling the holy spirit to you know f off that it messed it up for him and now he can't smoke oh, weed. And i was like you gave him a guilt trip on weed i gave him a guilt <laughs> trip on weed bro hey but, so so there was that song loosely based off of going back to steel pulse chant a psalm a day uh, it's interesting that you say that but no <laughs> oh, okay. but obviously that song is way old you know it's yeah, older than yeah. my song yeah, because I mean, that's all off at the back end of me having that that little debate with that's, uh, that's dope, though, dude. He read a chapter a day, keeping the devils away. Corinthian brought forth a new proposition with, with the, the chapter, chapter a day. day. I've seen him change his ways. He read a chapter a day, just the chapter, the um, chapter a day, uh, kind of because that became a song that I still get requested to play to this day, especially when I did that remix. Um, uh, that for the oh, uh, on the, the syntax mixtape, yeah, I'm forgetting what it's called because it was just a little 
promo for the um, Heavy Manners album. Yeah, which is um, dope, by the way. Oh, oh. the Upsetter. The Upsetter oh, okay. uh, mixtape. Yeah, mixtape. Because, because there's also that Vintage Limited mix that came yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there is. Yeah. On the Upsetter mixtape, we put the the Chapter Day lyrics over Ice Cube's Good Day. Mm-hmm. So to this day, I get requested to, to play a <laughs> Chapter a Day over. It's a crowd uh, favorite. A good day. Yeah. But, you know, just that idea, you know, when scripture says I meditate on your law day and night, you know, a chapter a day, yeah. just just yeah. do it, you know. Driving I, think, I think it's very beneficial to, um, I mean, obviously dedicate time to uh, God every day. I mean, come on, you know, yeah. we shouldn't be skipping days over here. I mean, you got Jamie over here and he's a lush, man. He needs all the help he, he can get. <laughs> I know, just I know drink it hard, this non-alcoholic IPA. <laughs> no, but you, you know, I, I mean, I, that... go ahead, dude. No, I was like, <laughs> I just bless you, brother. <laughs> oh, he's, he's holding up the blessing cross. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. So actually, that that's where I want to go with things is the cross here, because, yeah. uh, you know, one of the things I keep hearing you say is you're talking about your faith and how uh, Christianity is a big part of things. But you've also dropped some big bombs of some really tough things that you've gone through. Some grenades, so to speak. Yeah. You, <laughs> you, yeah, uh, you, you uh, did more a than chap- a hot chocolate a, grenade, you know, a chapter a chapter a day. You know, I'd be I, I think, you know, again, you know. For anybody who doesn't know, listening to this, me and Jamie have known each other almost almost through my whole music career. You know, we we've been hanging out. I got pictures of you at my house with with my you know daughters when they were babies. You know, uh, right? I think uh, I'm trying. <laughs> and, to and the babies have had babies. You're a so grandfather I, yeah, now, even, now, man. I'm a grandfather. It's amazing. Sorry, I didn't mean to call you out there, but no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw, I saw that I and I was tripping too. All the, the, it's all yeah. the gray hairs, you know? That's what I get. Hey, dude, from. I've only got two teenagers and I got all this gray. So when I'm a grandparent, I'm like, whoo, I'm going to have, <laughs> you know, like like Dale said, one dread and fungus. You know what I mean? I wish I, I wish I had the picture, but somebody put me in that, that Russian app that made you look really old, you know? Oh yeah. It, it oh, yeah. Legit, yeah. Bro. Like I'm all wrinkly and red and red nose, but my, my beard is just pure white. And I'm like, <laughs> I hope I look like that when yeah. I'm that old red. Dude, that, that app was uh, you know, everybody was doing that the week that I had to go to the DMV. So while I was sitting <laughs> there at the DMV, I did that. And that like totally showed me how I felt inside. Is that waiting your my turn? Picture? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nah, I'm practically dead at the yeah, DMV. So, but yeah, to continue though. You know, Craig, <laughs> Craig was kind of the underground, you know, intro. Like, here's a here's a dude who loves underground hip hop and he loves the Lord. So it's 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 on the gospel circuit, I guess. You know, I was, in my opinion, I was one of the first really East Coast underground, you know, Christian rappers. Um, uh, Plague was way before cross movement, way before a lot of those cats. Yeah, um, yeah. But what I found out from Plague to 2000, you know, releasing Water Restore was there was a lot of underground Christian rappers that um, say something nomadic. Yeah, I got Water Restore right here. That was released. <laughs> that, so, according to the CD, was released in 2000 on Syntax. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, one, that one was 2000. That might be true. And yeah. In that little three, four year process, you know, I learned that there was a lot of Christian underground rappers, you know, it was just, 
the industry wasn't they didn't have they it was why my record got delayed i kept getting yeah. delayed for you know i don't want nobody to go back and and look at who i'm talking about but right. basically sure. like sure. poppy corny you know gangstery goofy rap you know but yeah. whatever yeah. i love yeah. you i love you all yeah. but so whereas plague was like kind of the underground intro of a uh, lyricist because i love lyrics you know oh yeah for that's sure what hip-hop that's what hip-hop's all about Water Restore, in my opinion, set forth the kind of hip hop I really wanted to be known for, which was emotionally charged. Yeah. Uh, let's put all the cards on the table, testimonial type of hip hop. And again, you know, I don't think that anybody, I don't even think people in the secular market in 2000, you know, were really doing that. Later, yeah. we got to, yeah. you know, hear Eminem and we got to hear, um, I mean, nowadays everybody's doing, you know, emo and I'm glad. Yeah, like I grew up with, I grew up with hip hop where people are like just, you know, going back and yeah. forth on stage and acting tough, which is yeah. an, yeah. An that's what I do. Well, yeah, you know, well, yeah, you're, you're you don't even have to bro. pretend, bro. Yeah, you don't even have to pretend you're tough, bro. But you know, where you know, there's that. It was always that macho you know vibe yeah, and, and sure. so yeah. when i toured with pod and i would watch these bands especially sunny you know just yeah. pour out his heart in these lyrics and yeah. scream and cry yeah. and i was like why can't hip-hop have that and still be hip-hop yeah and so i think totally. i think if you listen to plague and then go to watery store you'll see that what i really try to do is introduce a lot more live instrumentation with jesse sprinkle and uh, yeah. just more yeah. emotional lyrics yeah. And then that leads Jamie to, you know, a song like uh, Blunted Edge, which became yeah. kind of a right. fan favorite, you know. Deadly genesis, fear paralyzed my action, useless serpents light up the furnace. I take steps where evil thoughts flourish and bear witness to dark forces bending up my edifice. I follow angels to the black abyss and the consequences are disastrous. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, and that that's that's something I want I want to talk about too, because it's like, you know, like I was telling Jamie, it's like I remember going to the record store, and yes, it was a Christian record store, <laughs> but it's like I remember copping um, Pod's Warrior EP and um, Plague at the same time, which both came out in '99. So yes, um, but it's like so for me that was a, like a big thing. I'm like, yo, I'm I'm spending this money, but it's like. I mean, like, like what what you've done on those albums, and then like you're saying, as far as like having that emotion, um, you know, and like I was telling Jamie before, it's like dude, the the first time I heard KJ Five Two was on your record. You know what I'm saying? And it's like I wanted to hear more Sons of Intellect and also Remnant Militia. I love those dudes. I wish they would have put out more than just one record, but it's yeah. like, um, well, you so you I, you massively brought a lot of people out yeah. you know yes and sort of inspired a movement yeah well you know and even with, with you guys you know royal ruckus you know but my my thing is you know i know i can come off kind of probably sounding prideful sometimes but i'm just being what my facts you know i'm not yeah. I, we're, we're praying I, for you brother i, I know <laughs> and i and i am praying for myself too but, you know, I'm just saying that, you know, sometimes it, it's not necessarily ego. I'm just trying to, you know, give you a, a people a, a chronological. But yeah, my yeah. goal has always been that um, 
when I look at the way God moved with the Israelites and, and the armies in the, in the old Testament, it was, you know, there was never really a, a one man band, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. There were heroes and yeah, there were people uh, of renown, you know, that, that kind of had a little bit of a spotlight because of their faith. However, God's heart and God's spirit is for us all to cross the finish line. So for me in hip hop, you know, if you applied it in hip hop, yeah, I want it. Um, there was a prophecy that I felt, you know, was over me that, that when I would tour, it would actually get confirmed all the time. But uh, one time in, in prayer received uh, the words, uh, dirt is a door. And that's what I wanted to be. I just wanted to be a doorway. I didn't want to yeah. just walk through the door and then shut it behind me. I wanted, I wanted people to come. And so actually, Jamie, some of the problems of releasing plague was that I have a song on plague where it's only seven lock. I mean, it, it drove my A and R and, and, and rescue records drove them nuts. They didn't understand <laughs> that. Why can't I give my boy a little three, three yeah. minute min, minutes of yeah. time, you know? Yeah. Uh, they, they did not like the good medicine song. It's what, like, I think it's dude. almost 10 minutes long. Oh, you know? such a, dude, like, I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like, I remember, um, so like DJ Mike check was on that album. And I remember he came out because like I, I'm a, I, I skate, so um, Osiris Shoes came out in like 2000, 2001, a mixtape called the Storm Mixtape. And so in the liner notes, it's there was one of the tracks. It was Good Medicine. I was like, word, they're putting dirt on, boom, 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 because I saw DJ Mike check on the um, Ward Restore album. I think he, he was he on Plague because he cut up like the Luke Skywalker, like I'll never turn to the dark side. No, everything, <laughs> everything on Plague would have been DJ Fingers. Okay, yeah. so right. so, so Mike met, check. Yeah, I met Mike check. After okay that. so anyway so like, i was like dope dude like like dirt like is on like the osiris mixtape but then when i listened to it it wasn't on there it was in the liner notes but not on the actual cd so i was bummed but at the same time hype at least like people could read who you were you know what i'm saying i didn't i didn't i don't remember i mean i don't i mean he asked for permission to use songs and you know i was always like yeah yeah I, I don't think Good Medicine made it, but something else did. And I want to say it was Mustard Seed. It was either Mustard Seed or Chant that got on one of the Osiruses. Cause I, 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 I need to listen. Like, I, I, I don't have those anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, in my, in my little box of dirt memories, I, I still have the Osiris compilation that had one of those songs on there. Yeah, Mike, Mike Check is an awesome dude, you know, and unfortunately, you know, we, we've not for any bad reasons, but, you know, just right. kind of uh, gone our own ways. But he still does, a, I think he still does a radio show uh, where he mashes, you know, does the mashup. And yeah. he's just so dope at it, dude. He's yeah. like, I love Mike Jack. So, so okay, so I'm, I'm going to steer this um, a little bit deeper, I guess, so to speak. But, um, so, like, I know, just talking to Jamie and stuff, I was like, so you were homeless for a bit, right? uh early i mean all the way back to when i was like eight nine years old actually but more more so the the more i went into my teen years yeah a lot of homelessness uh my you know my mother you know had a horrible relationship uh jamie's one of the few people that might remember my mom she uh died in yeah. 2000 and i th yeah. think jamie met her probably once yeah or I, th twice. I th yeah i think i met her once or twice yeah 
she was a little the, more uh, chill in the you know from ninety five to two thousand. Um, but when I was growing up, we just had a horrible relationship. So a lot of times, I you know we'd get in fights, and I would just either leave or she'd kick me out. That was her thing, you know, get out, you yeah. know. And so um, when well, I was did, nine, go ahead. Did, did you not have like? family close by or it was just the two of you kind of thing no no family oh. uh, it was just my mom my brother and me oh yeah and that's my right. mom my mom never married and me and my brother had uh two different dads okay my dad okay. was absent from birth uh my brother's dad we stayed with him maybe a year into my brother's life and he was so abusive that you know we got away from that okay. so uh my whole family clan is actually from nebraska and the few times i visited with them it was it was bad but there yeah. was a lot of racism and i was a sure uh a, the n-word uh end lover you know wow. and i was just like i can't relate to you guys you know right i wanted to battle rap them but they didn't even know what that was i don't think so uh now yeah, where, where did go ahead. With, with, let me ask you with your mom though um because you mentioned like uh, having sort of a Christian background from a pretty early age, it sounded like. Uh, I mean, was your mom a Christian despite all of this in and out of the house and kicking her own kid out? I mean, I would, I, you know, now that I'm mature and I'm an adult, you know, you always can look back and, and you, you know, you get it, you know? Yeah. My, my mom was hurt. You know, she had a lot of dysfunction that, so, so just, the general answer about questions about my mom is I don't know. I couldn't tell you her favorite color. I can barely remember any of our conversations. I, you know, so she wasn't. A lot. She, you don't remember her like teaching you the Bible or anything per se. No, I mean, it just I couldn't even. I'm not saying she didn't, but I don't remember a hug. Right. I don't remember an "I love you." Hmm. Um, before my brother was born, we have uh, seven years difference and i think before that i kind of you know have vague memories of of it being a little more happier you know um now i'm not saying all that to to be like oh my you know orange man bad um, <laughs> on my mom i'm just saying that yeah. i don't i don't recall because the abuse was was way over the top more yeah. you know right and so but in hindsight through forgiveness, number one, but also just through maturity, just realizing, man, my mom was broken up, man. She had two dudes bounce on her basically and leave her with kids. And, yeah. you know, I think in my case, I probably maybe physically reminded her, you know, of, you know, my dad, you know, and I just, I think uh, her, her life, you know, she came from a lot of abuse, but yeah. you know, when, when you feel weak in life, you take it out on uh, other humans that are weaker than you and that's yeah. why kids get abused a lot so i think she just felt very out of control and she passed it on you know uh to me um unfortunately it led to me being out i would get kicked out as early as uh you know seven eight nine years old or usually wow. overnight when i was that young sure, right and i would just go to a it was like a punishment night. yeah you know get yeah. out and then I would leave, but I wouldn't come back, you know, because I was like, screw you too, you know? And so yeah. uh, by the time I hit 12, you know, I was out for nights at a time. And then by the time I was 15, I was out for homeless, you know, for months at a time. Um, so one of my biggest shipwrecks was that, that really uh, shipwrecked me <laughs> was <laughs> I was, I was abducted when I was nine years old and, and raped. 
uh, wow. by, a, by a man, you know? And so that's, that's, that's what I remember of my mom, you know, you were supposed to right. protect me and that wouldn't have happened if, you know, I wasn't yeah. kicked out of the house and on the street when I'm nine years old, you know? So yeah. yes, Lord, Lord have mercy. And by the grace of God, I can only talk about it because God fixes things. I don't yeah, care who yeah. you are. I don't care what you've gone through. I don't care how awful you are or how awful the world has been to you. Usually it goes in tandem. God fixes things. Yeah, That's why I love God. And and to kind of go back to what you were saying, uh, Jamie, is I, I just seem to have a, a what I consider kind of a supernatural blessing of this idea that God fixes things even way back then. Yeah. So even when I was 9, 10, 11, I just knew that there was a God and he loved me, even if nobody else did, you know. Actually, do you guys remember those little chick tracks? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Remember the yellow? It was yellow on the outside, yellow and black, but the somebody loves me. It yeah. I somebody think so. loves me. And it was, yeah. it, I don't even think it had words, but it. The story that was, was one of the more that was one of the nicer, more sane ones. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. I was listen to the story. You might oh, okay. Remember, it was about the the little kid that had the dad, and he would beat the kid, and then tell the kid oh. to go beg for money. And one time, the kid brought back only a penny, so the dad just whipped him to near sure. death. Sure. He goes out on the street. He dies in the cold, and an angel takes him up, you know, to 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 the Lord. And then it's just somebody, somebody loves me. Yeah. That tract, I remember reading when I was super young, uh, yeah. you know, and I really believed that that tract is what did it for me. It just made sure. me realize there's a being wow. outside of myself that loves me, you know, yeah. and I just held on to that, you know, through all the beatings and through all the whippings and all the verbal abuse. So, so that makes a lot of sense to me that that, that gives you something or shall I say someone, you know, to, to hold you through. But then to get on the other side of that abuse or, you know, it's got to there, there's got to be a period where you're not lovey-dovey and forgiving. And yeah. there's got to be a period where you're really stirring in it, angry, upset. Um, and then at some point you come out on the other side of that and saying incredible things right now. I mean, there might I, like I don't want to go a radio show here, but there's probably people that are going to listen to this that have things that they cannot even imagine being able to forgive. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, how do you, you get know, there? Uh, obviously. Well, I mean, you can ask a question like that, but you, you guys know that it, it's not a one answer. It's right. not a one right, answer right. of how to get there. But to me, in my experience, it's a one answer of who's at the end of that. If that makes any sense. I'm not saying all paths lead to God, but I, I am, or, or I'll be specific theologically. Jesus, you know, salvation. Okay. I'm not saying all paths lead to, you know, Jesus. I'm saying all hurts can be healed and fixed yeah. by Christ, you know. And so, you know, there might be different ways people get there. Some people don't experience the abuse that I did. Uh, some people um, are very blessed all their life, you know, in the in the yeah. human sense, I guess. And but they still find Christ, you know, and, the, and that's OK. We, we all have you know, we all have our lives. Sure. For me, it was a, um, okay. So early on, I think it would have been more of a, just that 
understanding, you know, and, and maybe I was blessed supernaturally, or maybe it was just, maybe I was just a smart dude. I don't know. I'm smart. I'm handsome. I don't know. But, you know, it was just that understanding that there was something outside of my circumstances that cared about me. Yeah. And fortunately, you know, for me, you know, I very early on realized it was Bible, God, Jesus, you know, um, right. now though, I would tell a person that look, go study, uh, spiritual warfare, Christian spiritual warfare. And I'll try to be super brief, but according to the scriptures that I read, there was a war that was brought to us. We are not the original sinners. We debate about what is original sin, Adam or Eve. No, original sin is Lucifer in heaven. Original sin is, is uh, you know, Lucifer's disobedience as an angel. And, and, you know, when those demonic beings or fallen angels, you know, fell from, you know, that disobedience, they brought the war to us humans. Now, I would assume that it's off of extreme jealousy. The Bible, the words that it uses when it talks about the fall, literally mean to be transmuted. So they were changed from how they were created and literally transmuted into something else. They cannot be saved. Uh, a demon cannot be saved because it it's, has been transmuted to hate God now, you know. Well, you know, from that point, it, it's pretty scriptural to see that, that, you know, Adam and Eve, they were tempted by the snake. They were dumb. They gave the ambassadorship over. And now, you know, my point being is that you have an enemy and it's not God. The, right. Your enemy is the world. Your enemy is the fallen nature that we've inherited. And your enemy is the straight up demonic fallen angels that hate your guts. So yeah. my, my encouragement would be try to understand that you have an enemy. It's not God. Because usually what I'm seeing, especially nowadays, you got uh, AI drama you got the transgender stuff you got it before that the homosexuality constantly coming across people that are mad at god mad at the way that god created them and so they have to you know be different god ain't the enemy you have an enemy this war was brought to you and the only way to you know get up and above that war is to go back to the original source so yeah. my encouragement would just be read a chapter a day <laughs> so so then so um you know going back to music hip-hop all that so the the track you had on the um uh the sackcloth fashion expo joint like matthew right i think that was the name of it right yeah. um yeah matthew was that semi-autobiographical uh, it's funny because I named it after my brother, mm -hmm. but the lyrics are me, except okay. except a couple of lines, uh, I think at the end. Um, so my my mom, uh, I was the one that was abused a lot. My brother was kind of a mama's boy, um, and that happens. You know, sometimes there's just one kid that's targeted. You yeah. know, or yeah. or I think what happened in my mom's case is she had a new baby now, and this baby isn't. You know, at that time I was uh, seven, you know, and I was probably starting to get my own identity. And I don't think my mom knew how to handle that, you know. 
and now she has a baby that doesn't you know give her the finger every once in a while you know so she was just all about that baby so my you know whereas i'm getting kicked out at seven eight and nine getting abducted and, and molested my brother didn't get kicked out until he was 16 years old so when that happened um and jamie again knows he, he knows matt he knows my brother when that happened it really sparked me and encouraged me to write about homelessness and write about being on the street right. and write about those experiences I had, you know, I've had a lot of cool experiences with God, you know, when I was homeless, you know, and I just put in a couple of lines about my brother too, and just kind of honored him by naming the song Matthew. So, right. Man, that's, that's pretty cool. Nomadic. Why are you bringing up all the old dirt, man? You're making me feel old, bro. Okay. We, got, <laughs> we went to heavy manners Okay, fine. Rebel like, Lion. Let's talk then about Rebel Lion. Yes. Bring, bring us up <laughs> to speed. What, what, keep focus. You know what's what I mean? the, uh, yeah, we're, we're actually going to have to wrap things up in a little bit because you've got places to go, people to see. So bring us up to speed on your music, man. What, yes, you know, sir. you've, you've got an impressive catalog, but what do you want to talk about right now? Well, you know, definitely went to Heavy Manners after Water Restore, and then there was a long hi hiatus. Heavy Manners, in my opinion, it is my most slept-on album. I'm not saying it's, it's, it's my greatest, dope. but y'all need to peep it, cop it. <laughs> yes, it's a dope album. Unfortunately, it was in that transition from hard copy CDs to digital, yeah. so it right. just never you you're not going to get a hard copy. Um, right. It's a dope album, and and Nomadic. It, it's interesting because, in my opinion. The Rebel Lion album should have really been named Heavy Manners, in my opinion, uh, because, you know, it, that's a, like a, a, a Jamaican patchwork term, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, then I went all the way to making a Rebel Lion only a couple years ago, and that was just kind of my ode to, you know, growing up with the Rastas and growing up, yeah. you know, with that, with that reggae music, which was my yeah. second love. I love that know? album, dude. I love it. Like, well, I, I know you love it. I know <laughs> you love it. <laughs> I mean, I got remember you. You'd like posted like a like the the CD baby code on Instagram, and I think it was like within two minutes. I'm like, boom, downloaded, and you're like, yo, eat breakfast first. <laughs> it, you know that album? Uh, it got put on pause. There were songs that I had written in a couple of the beats. There's about three beats that that are on it, or or songs that were written. Beats were made all the way back into uh 2005 oh wow and that's when i kind of first wanted to do i made the first one was music is the medicine i made that beat and i suddenly realized whole album you know like, <laughs> whole album with this vibe with this yeah reggae sample hard break beat you know drums and just killer lyrics you know and so what happened though is uh in that process uh circumstances and and also damian marley and uh nas put out their album yeah and i classic. refused yep. I, it's a classic but i refused to listen to it because i was so afraid it was going to uh, be what you know right, what right. i wanted rebel lion to be yeah 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 so so i literally put rebel lion on the shelf and i was like not whatever i'm just not going to do it now yeah how can you beat nas and Damian Marley. Oh, and then, and then, yeah. Uh, those maybe heavy four, hitters. Yeah, that's heavy. That's heavy. Which is about, 10 years uh, old, by the way, already. Well, I was going to say about about four years ago, I finally listened to the, uh, uh, it might have been a little more, but I finally listened to, you know, their album. And 
number one, I was like completely amazed. It's a it's a classic album. But number two, I was like, oh, this don't sound like nothing like what I want to do. No, so, sure. it doesn't. It doesn't. Sure. So I went on and did Rebel Lion. Rebel Lion is probably one of the more upbeat albums I've ever made in general. But the funny thing is there's there's because I love battle rap. I was the little white kid that had to learn how to battle rap really early on. And to be a Christian in battle rap is even harder. Oh, for sure. I don't, get, I don't get to say the F word after every word and cover that I'm ignorant. Anyway, um, <laughs> I am ignorant, by the way. But, uh, uh, Rebel Lion, that album is probably the most upbeat, but then there's songs like um, Murder Styley. It's just so murderous underground. Mm-hmm. And so that album just kind of, it, it's a funny uh, mix of cool songs. So if you like reggae, go yeah, get the Rebel Line because it's, it's basically what I wanted to do, Nomadic, was take dancehall and flip it. Mm-hmm. So whereas dancehall music is 90% reggae Slackness. with 10%, you know, hip hop, yeah. yeah. I wanted to do 90% hip hop with 10% yeah. reggae. Yeah, and that's why I was right. glad when I heard Nas and Damian Marley because yeah. I was like, oh, they it's still yeah. more reggae-ish right. dancehall, yeah. you know? And, I mean, and that's what I loved about that because, like, I always shied away from a lot of dancehall just because of the the lyrics, slackness and all that in it. And I liked more, like, roots. You know what I'm saying? Like, Max Romeo, um, you know, Luciano, like, cast like that that had that, you know, the, you know, like, scripture. Like, you know, that spiritual thing where I'm like, you know, I'm already fighting what I feel sometimes in hip hop. I don't need that here. But so with the Rebel Lion joint, like I, I love that. And like, I mean, even do even on Plague, you know, you had that that outro where it was like, you know, some like, you know, some patois, like reading scripture. You know what I mean? Like that, that was, was a uh, that was all, I found that off of it. Well, I used to, you know, when, when I was homeless and hanging out with Rastas, I was uh I, I forget the guy's name. I always try to remember his name, but he all the Rastas that I hung out with were Jamaican born. You know, they mm-hmm. they were just you know there was a culture of Jamaican born uh, Rastas in in the beach areas of San Diego. But he owned a, a record store, and so nowadays it's easy to get all kinds of music. You know, but back in these days, you got to realize I was this white kid, you know, and I was getting Jamaican music that nobody had. Everybody had Bob Marley legend, yeah. but nobody had Eco Mouse assassinated yeah. and nobody yes. had, you know, Dennis Brown and nobody had, you know, the real inner circle yeah. with Jacob Miller, you know, you know, so I was getting, he, cause this guy would go, I would help him in his shop sometimes. So he would kind of reward me by just giving me these cassettes and records that were just so not even in America yet. So, um, if you listen to Rebel Line, you'd be really surprised at where a lot of those samples, because I'm like you, I like, I love Roots, obviously. And the only dance hall I really like is, is when it was first crossing over, like Cuddy Ranks, early yeah. Yellow Man, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. Brigadier Jerry. Yes. Um, I love when it was still rootsy, you know. Yeah. yeah. But then when it got really weird and almost techno-y, it was just yeah. like, oh, not fun. But Come on, guys. Last but least, not least, uh, Shadow Locust. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to know what, what, what are you doing with Shadow Locust right now? Yeah. Man? What, what, what's on the horizon? There's like a multi-volume uh, project 
right? Or did so, you did you shell so that? What's anyone, going on? So, so for anyone you know not in the know, you, you can find my music Jeremiah Dirt, or you can look up Shadow of the Locust. And whereas Jeremiah Dirt is me solo solo career, you know Shadow Locust is just a bunch of like minded. Uh, MCs and musicians and DJs so you know you get that you get that group vibe or more of it um Jamie over here is an illustrious member you know Am he's kind of yeah you're, I mean you've been there from day one you might be kind of you know that that there's rings by now Shadow Locust was formed in 94 yeah people have yeah. come and gone but tell me Mr. Royal Ruckus tell me you ain't Shadow Locust Oh you no! A, I, you you have a dirt song named after your crew, bro. I, I thought I thought I, got, I thought I got fired. Okay, but you know what? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna speak on his behalf because it was spelled wrong. Oh, oh man, wow. man, you did leave wow. out the K. <laughs> well, I thought I thought back in the day you guys spelled it with just a C. No, I remember I remember putting it on the album and going, "That's how they spell it." So just, just leave it alone. I just figured it was on some hip hop stuff, you know. Didn't know. I thought Yoda did a graffiti piece in my yard, and he spelled it R U C U S. I bet his graffiti was just sloppy. Well, there you go. He you wanted to take a break, you know what I mean? Man. There was yeah. a sandwich calling. We we did we did appreciate the love on that. And I think the reason you named that song after us is because I think you were hanging out with us when you wrote it. Um yeah. I think you might have even written part of it in Bakersfield when you came up for a show. Yeah. Um but and it didn't really have a name, and I was like, I'm with my boys, and yeah. ja- Jamie's been really, you know, supportive. Jamie's Jamie, uh, we've been when have we not been buddies? We might not have you yeah. know, we've gone through periods where we might not have talked for a yeah. while, but We've never had, you know, any downside or, or any of that. And Jamie's always been supportive. Jamie's been locust for us, you know, from day one. So well, anyway, you can you can find, you know, Shadow of the Locust music. And like you were saying, we're we're trying to do three albums under the title uh, a Mighty Army Cometh. So volume one, volume two, volume three. We're working on volume two right now. But did you guys hear? Cause you have to find it under the shadow locust artist okay. name. Did you guys hear that Solomon Kane? Yes. Man, that yes. Album. Yes. You, Fantastic. You, you, direct, you direct message that to me. You're like, okay. Boom. So we have now, the, 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 the now I'm going to be cover. honest. I've I heard it in the studio. Huh? I've made, yeah. <laughs> good. I've made a lot of music and I can, you know, when I go, hang somewhere and I'm on a tour, I'm doing a show. Everybody wants to play my music and that's, that's great. <laughs> I'm there. Yeah. I made it, you know. But there's only one album to this day that I can actually listen to the whole thing. And I'm just amped up, and it's that album. So, you know, look it up. It's under the Shadow Locust artist name. It it, it was me and one of the yeah. Locust members named Konsu. Drop, drop the concept, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We call ourselves Solomon Kane. So it's confusing. It's under the Shadow Locust artist name. But us two called ourselves Solomon Kane, and then the yes. album is actually called A Cross and a Switchblade, switch or The Cross and the Switchblade. Yeah. So the whole idea of Solomon Kane was, I mean, the name comes from uh, Robert E. Howard's old comic books, the Marvel. Well, it's a it, Robert E. Howard came up with Conan the Barbarian. His second most popular character was this guy named Solomon Kane, but it's spelled with a K A N E. 
it was a he was a Puritan that basically went around killing demons. Okay. Awesome stories if you read the original books. Yeah, those yeah. books in the I want to say seventies or eighties got turned into Marvel comics. Just a, a short run of like twelve mm. of them. Awesome comics. Mm. If you like Conan the Barbarian from back in the day, you'll like Solomon Kane. So nice. me and Kansu decided we wanted a, a, a an album that was just me and him. So it's sink or swim. Yeah. And it's basically battle raps, but from a Christian perspective. Mm. Game over. So Solomon for the wisdom of God. And we use C-A-I-N, you know, for the wrath of God. And that's all we wanted on this album. Non-topical yeah. songs that just were very brutal, very rough. You, but you didn't have to, you could still play them around your kids, you know. So Yeah, but you get, you get pretty deeply raw and personal right i mean well that's the crazy thing is once we actually made the album it wasn't it's a bold album and it's in your face if you're a secular person so solomon kane was my answer to vinnie paz to uh immortal technique to any islamic rapper that that wants to talk ish about jesus christ it was like yeah. okay we can bring this kind of heat too but okay. the crazy thing was once the album really got done, it was very personal too. And it was very, you know, I mean, Jesus is all over it. I thought it was just going to be battle raps, you know, but yeah. know, I, I really enjoyed how, you know, it was very biblical and prophetic. I really believe in, and you guys, uh, you can state your opinion. I really believe Solomon Kane that, that uh, across in a switchblade album is very important right now to listen to if you love hip hop. Yeah, yeah. I just wish it got obviously way more, you know, it's hard nowadays. You drop an album digitally and you're just like anybody else, you know, I'm yeah. just a dude making music in, in my closet, you know? So yeah. With, with, without uh, a Facebook advertising budget, uh, without anybody, it's pretty tough. It's pretty Jamie tough. Will, Jamie will uh, assert and testify. I am poor white trash. P-W-T <laughs> Okay, so check this out So this is what we're going to do We're going to make sure we promote that album On the Bruce Beards Instagram Okay You know, give you the love You know, maybe And 14 we'll, more people yeah, Will, will exactly. listen <laughs> Yeah, yeah and, <laughs> Exactly um, Slow build the, the other thing, like a couple of things well, let, me, gonna, let me say real quick Just to finish it out You'll love that album if you love brutal hip hop. If you love that, you know, Wu Tang, yeah. uh, yeah. Gangstar, uh, yeah. Cy early Cypress Hill. I mean, you're talking Vinnie Paz, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, all the samples on that album were from classic rock, which is my favorite oh, music. Yeah, fantastic. My favorite yeah. music is psychedelic classic rock. I don't care so about the So are you a drugs. big DJ Muggs fan then? Oh man, I love DJ Muggs. Yeah, yeah. DJ, DJ Muggs made the album with Jizza. Woo! Dude, that, <laughs> that album was album a banger, so dude. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, okay, so so a couple things like I just want to say real quick. Number one, so um you guys haven't recorded the Shadow of the Locust volume three yet. We're That's working coming. on we're working okay. on number two right now. Okay, so so volume two and or three will have well, a nomadic vagabond chun yes. jay feature. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Uh, Jamie, what was the name of that song? Do you remember? So I think I am actually on volume three. Oh, word. Okay. But because it, it's alphabetical. So yeah. whatever the name of the song was, it's it's going to be yeah. on it. 
So it's one of those things where I think the project is so big, correct me if I'm wrong, but the project is so big that you probably do have quite a bit accomplished for three, but that's not really what you're working on. Like what happened was in the, beginning, in the beginning when we thought, so, so again, if you want to look up the first volume, it's called a mighty army cometh yeah, under yeah. the shadow of the locust name. Yeah. You're only going to see volume one. So what happened in the beginning was we concepted the idea to do three volumes, you know, alphabetical order song titles. And, yeah. and so what happened is in the beginning, we just started making songs all over the place. So right. we, <laughs> we made songs that ended up title wise being on all three of the volumes, whereas we should have just done one album at a time. So yeah. unfortunately, Jamie, you're on the third one. So that's going to be yeah. like 20, 30 years down the road. I don't even remember what it sounds like. So now I'm all worried. It's a dope track. It's a dope track. It's I hope with, so. Uh, well, he said it on cassette, I'm sure. So, you know. <laughs> I want to I, mean, I want to say it's with me and Illustrate and you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a dope yeah. track. Don't worry about it. Yeah, no, that, it, I know. I had a great time doing that. That was a lot of fun. Um, and and I'll say that you, uh, you have always been a big encouragement to me. Um, I actually brought right here. This is a rhyming dictionary. You got me. Yeah. Oh, uh, remember that, bro. And and it says dirt ninety-eight. Oh yes. Uh, I mean it's falling nuts. apart, but um, I still have it. And I remember, I feel like it was nineteen ninety-nine, maybe. Yeah, I think ninety-eight, ninety-nine. I mean, we were definitely hanging out around. The, well, yeah. I, you gave me this in ninety-eight, but I feel like it was ninety-nine that I got MC lessons from you. And I'm not, I'm not saying uh, I'm the baddest. I, I'm saying I'm the okayest, right? Because uh, I have a record okay, out. Rapper. That's yeah. right. But uh, I wouldn't be the okayest if it wasn't for you giving me this tool and a whole bunch of others. Yeah. In fact, actually, well, one of I, well, I'm gonna tell you. you yeah. It kind of sounds like you're saying thank you, Dirt, for helping me be an above average rapper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> You, you, like I tried to say, instead earlier, of the okayest, uh, he's the goodest yeah. rapper. He's the goodest. Number one, you have always been supportive, you've always been encouraging. Yeah, and yeah. here's the cool thing, Jamie you, you can be a whack rapper, you can get better. You, yeah, you and Yoda sucked in the way beginning, bro. <laughs> But you guys just kept going at it and getting better and getting better and getting better. And yeah. now you make the funnest songs to listen to about beers and tacos and <laughs> and and theology. And it's just like this guy is just turning out these awesome albums now. Yeah. Man, so, thank you, dude. What I always tell people is you don't, you know, just like you you remember, I used to say, you don't have to like my music to like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's different kinds of hip hop. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It started off as very lyrical, and then it now 20, 30 years, what is it, 40 years, birthday, recently? Yeah, 40. It, there's all 40, kinds yeah. of subgenres, yeah. and you don't have to like, you know, somebody might like this kind of hip-hop. I love brutal battle and yeah. or testimonial hip-hop, which is all you're going to get. Boom-bap. Yeah. yeah, I love yeah. boom-bap hip-hop. Jamie, you make fun hip-hop that gets yeah. chicks. <laughs> Well, he got married, yeah. so you know. That's true. But but how do you think he got that chick? No matter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say it it was a little fun uh, going back out on tour a few years ago and like seeing sorority you know sweaters in the front row and stuff. It was it was kind of fun, but it was like 
nope, that was, I am too old for this, but I'll sell you my CD. And believe yeah. it or not, actually, some of them did buy a CD. Collector's item. Nice. Yes, sir. Yeah. Nice. But mostly it's the t-shirts with the ladies, you know. Um, okay, so I want to interject real quick. So, um, you know, so I actually heard of Royal Ruckus because of Dirt's album, because I saw in the liner notes. So <laughs> I guess to a degree, like I owe Dirt, you know, for me being here today. Um, but, you know, the other thing. Too liner notes, like, shout outs. Yeah, I mean that's what you get with the hard copy, you know. Liner notes copy. are where these things where you you know wrote you know thanks to uh... <laughs> yeah or where it's Man. recorded at who who produced it, you know. Yeah, um, I used to study those things. I like when do. you're when you're a music nerd, like well, like all three of us have made music, so we're obviously music nerds. Yeah, so you yeah. want to dig in those notes. You want to read every last little bit. You want to notice yeah. the nuances. You know, I used to ride on the city bus and you'd be bored. And I remember when I was in my, you know, early teens, I'd go down and swap me, steal a bunch of cassette tapes and on the way home, read the liner notes. Boss yeah. Effect, uh, the yeah. new Fat Boys, you know, the new oh, uh, Eric B and Rakim. And I'm sitting there reading the liner notes. Thankfully, God forgives dirty little thieves like me. Yeah. Man, I <laughs> yeah. stole a lot of tapes back in the day man horrible um all right so i got like a one another question and like you know jamie you can butt in too but it's like um so i i know you you gotta get going soon dirt i know but so when did you decide to do jeremiah dirt as opposed to just dirt was it because of dirt from the tunnel rats no because dirt from the tunnel rats is d-e-r-t yeah but, exactly but yeah it's confusing i had to do jeremiah dirt because um the internet uh, Google. <laughs> yeah, back in the day, you would type in when the internet like first came out, and yeah. and I remember I was on. I'm the first dirt ever on iTunes. Yeah. And yeah. After a couple years, you would type in dirt, and you would not find me. <laughs> you just find. You right. would find. Dirt. You would find either the video game dirt on a PS. You would find like dirt motorcycles, like you know the the driving the races and stuff, or you would uh, find porn, pornography. Right. And right. so, yeah, I really had to just add my real name, Jeremiah, and 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 just go for Jeremiah Dirt. So please do not look me up by just typing in dirt. Type in yeah. Jeremiah Dirt, JeremiahDirt.com, Jeremiah Dirt on any of your music apps or social media, and you'll find me. No, I well, think like, I, I think that's important. Uh, let me just say something real fast on that. Um, you know, I these days I try to well, not to COVID days, but. Uh, in non-COVID days, I would go out to open mic nights and things like that and meet a lot of these young up-and-coming guys. And that's one of the things I tell them, like branding is actually pretty important. And uh, just in, if you want your music to be heard, people have to be able to find you. And and so, you know, you like, you don't want to call yourself like, I think, well, ex no, I don't want to, I don't want to give any examples of people I know. So, uh <laughs> But, it's very important because obviously no no one will find you. And what happened right. was one day I typed in dirt in iTunes. This was probably uh, maybe five to six years ago. And there were other dirts. They were yeah. all, well, one's a band from Texas. The, the other ones were three rappers and one of yeah. them was white. And so I'm sitting yeah. there like, how, I thought when you have a name on iTunes, you're, it's like Facebook, nobody else can take it. 
So then I decided that I have to officially, you know, this was probably seven years ago, I think, that I had to officially uh, change it to Jeremiah Dirt. However, before I did, I challenged the white, other white rapper named Dirt to a battle on his, oh. you know, you can leave the comments. <laughs> Never got a response, bro. I will still oh, battle for that name. I will battle that band won. in Texas. <laughs> I will battle the, the black dirt, the white dirt. I don't care who you are. See, you all dirt. Dirt, let's go. The let's dirty, go. The I, 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 I've got some Royal Ruckuses out there, and yeah. just there's as a I'm, rock band. Yeah, and there, yeah. there's there's actually been a couple. In fact, I had a show canceled when I was on tour. I was pretty upset. It was in the Midwest. I was supposed to play a meadery, you know, where they where they, you know, sell mead. Like uh oh meadery. I thought you said yeah. meadery. I'm like, what no. butcher stuff? <laughs> no, it was like a like a brewery yeah, for, for mead. So yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. honey beverage, right? Well, yeah, they yeah. thought they were getting this European rock band. And when they found out it was little old me, uh, I think I had a DJ at least on that one, but um no, they canceled the show and I, I was I was pretty burned by that. But but you know, whatever. But branding is important and yeah. you do have to be found. Um which is actually a good opportunity for you to reiterate where you can be found on your social media and all that Jeremiah stuff. Jeremiah Dirt Everything. That's called branding. So you can go to the <laughs> website, which I built my own self. The, the Shadow Locust is locustfist.com. They're awesome websites where you can get a ton of it. You guys, you know, we've discussed. I love to give the info if you want it. There's yeah. lyrics, there's music, there's free music on both those sites. So either look up Jeremiah Dirt or Shadow of the Locust. So here's a funny thing, Jamie. Um, Shadow of the Locust, I can't get Shadow of the Locust at Yahoo because somebody has it. Oh, really? And when I when I confronted the person, this was back in the early 2000s because I have a doing business as Shadow of the Locust, DBA. Yeah. Um, they, they said they got the, the guy said he got the name out of a, a, a book. And I went and bought the book, and sure enough, it's a it's a weird poetry book, and it's really short. But there's a line in there where this female, you know, poet writer, whatever you call him, yeah, uh, has the line "A shadow of the locust," and he just thought it was cool. And wow, so, little little <laughs> jerk. <laughs> so don't email shadow of the locust at Yahoo. But we we still have a uh, everything's locust fish. You can. Find the uh, YouTube channels for both of those, Jeremiah oh, yeah. and uh, Locust, Locust Fist. Locust Fist TV is uh, the Gmail. So, look us that's up. good. That's good. And and of course, the music is on Spotify and iTunes and all those things. The Shadow, you know, Shadow of the Locust, Jeremiah Dirt, all the things that that you said. Um, so I do want to oh. say, I do want to yeah. say that what's next is. Oh yeah. I I. I probably be my last you know solo album i'll always be involved in music i've been making a lot of beats and and whatnot and it i love because i'll make you come out well i know well, don't, <laughs> well i don't know about coming out because that's, that's, that's something nowadays so i'm not coming out okay i'll I'm make you come that. back <laughs> there we go. go um but my goal right now is to really help other younger uh, persons get their albums done because i love mm. you know mixing and mastering yeah but anyway i want to do an album called the suicide note and it's basically going to mm. be blunted edge but the whole album yeah every mm. song emotional topical everything i've talked about tonight to just really 
growing up with no dad, growing up with an abusive mom, growing up uh, molested, growing up beat up and hurt, but still finding God through all that. Because yeah. Jamie, I think, will tell you, and I get this a lot, I don't get how you love the Lord after all you've been through. Well, trust me, it's because God fixes things. Yeah. And I love the way that God has fixed me. And I'm looking forward to the things he's going to fix in the yeah. future that he's fixing now. It's called sanctification. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I love it. Yeah. I don't want it. Don't want nothing else. I don't want no blessings from the world. I want to be blessed by God. I want to be fixed by God. And I can't wait to be with you guys, Jamie, <laughs> and any of anybody listening that shares the faith coming out of heaven on those white horses. And Jesus just yelling at the demonic. I can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah, man. Man, I'm so grateful for you and uh, grateful for your friendship and for you being on here today. Uh, for your faith, you know, I, I think uh, faith is something I struggle with sometimes, you know, and I think faith is also contagious. So, yeah, you know, so I appreciate you you sharing all that. Um, I want to drop some socials and then I'm going to turn it over to nomadic to drop his and uh, to ask you another question. Um, but uh, I, I want to plug at this point, uh, it's a little older project, but summer of the cicadas, summer of the cicadas.com. Um, I wanted to plug that because I was able to understand some of what you were talking about because of trying to put a double album together and make it all fit uh, under certain parameters, self-imposed. Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you were definitely influential in some of that stuff, uh, for me. So that was just like, for me, it was a huge personal accomplishment if nothing else. Uh, but I hope something came through and, and, you know, a lot of people did enjoy it. So some of the though, I did the same as you. Um, so I do have the packaging, but there's even more to explore on the website. Uh, we even have an essay on there called The Life Cycle of Man and C Cicada, um, just kind of finding some metaphors in there. So all that is is amazingly fun stuff uh, that I like sharing with the world. But um, also, I've really enjoyed um, kind of the revitalization of Royal Ruckus on Instagram recently, um, trying to get some fresh content out there. It's just been hard, though, man. Life calls you and start busy doing other stuff it's hard to make time for the music and the promotion and all the stuff that goes into it. So nomadic, what you got, man. Um, so I'm just nomadic vagabond on Instagram. Um, all I can say is both y'all been pretty influential in my life. So thank you. Um, and man, like this has just been a, a dope thing and I'm, I'm glad we did it. And I'm sure we're going to have, Mr. Jeremiah Dirt on again because this is too good to just have one. So we're gonna have, to have two. There's some and, more shipwrecks that need to be excavated. Yeah. And, well, I, got and a, I got a I got a ton of shipwrecks if you well, want to shipwrecks Yeah, well, you know what? We'll have another one. And you know, and like I, I guess I need to figure out like a, an insect to represent me because I don't have a cicada or locust. Oh, shoot. No. You know what, though? That does remind me. I, I did once put out an EP. It doesn't exist anymore, but I put out a Chunjay solo EP called The Happy Bug. And the reason I called it The Happy Bug was because Dirt told me I could be in Shadow of the Locust. And, <laughs> and all the Shadow of the Locust stuff was so serious. And I'm like <laughs> making jokes about chickens and stuff. So Yeah, man. 
Anyway, she, she, I, I didn't get to it, but I was headed that way. But that's my point with, uh, with, with you, Jamie, is that I couldn't make the kind of music you make. Right, right. Just straight up, man. I'm not a happy yeah. dude. I'm pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's why I respect how you just kept going and going and getting better yeah. and better at the actual, you know, the yeah. the soundscape, you know. Yeah. I, I Thanks, love you, man. man. I'll support you to the day I die. Let's go. Let's do it. I love uh, it. Nomadic, I think you should be a uh, beetle. Okay. Because they're kind of nomadic, you know. They're kind of on their own. They don't really hang out with each other. You know, I so. love it. I love it. I'm I'm Deb the Beetle. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you got a question for him, don't you? Yeah, I do. So, you know, we we always end this podcast with what is your favorite hip hop song, bar none? What is the track that just is like yours? Oh, that's come on, bro. That's a that's, that's a dumb question, bro. Oh, you can't pick man. one, bro. You can't. How could you pick one? When I was uh, young, when I was in my teens, I don't know. How do you answer that, bro? Well, I could uh, tell you. I could tell you what my maybe my favorite MC is of all time, but I don't oof, know how to oof, pick a oof. song, man. Uh, so that that that's a good conversation to have. Yeah, but yeah. this is a very specific question. Now. Let, let, let me coax you, though, because we can make it easier on you. Yeah. Um, maybe think of it as what what is like the best song of an era that was maybe a game changer, like made you fall in love with hip hop completely. If we want to focus in, what's the first thing that comes to mind there? Uh, uh, Rock him. All right. You know, which track? You know, when I when I heard. When I was growing up hip hop, all the MCs, they were cool and I loved the music and I grew up in the hip hop culture. But yeah. when I would hear Rakim, just the sound of his voice and the way he was obviously super natural lyricist, he would just drive me insanely nuts and happy that this yeah. was my music culture. Yeah. Uh, my favorite Rakim track, probably Microphone Fiend. Mm, yeah. But but again, yeah. how can you pick a favorite Rock Him track? You know, Golly. right? So so. Well, he was just doing with, incredible stuff, though. You know, yeah. I mean, he, go, he he redefined everything. Let's go with Rock Him and Microphone Fiend. All right. You can hate me or love me for that, but I would like to say that probably one of the most influential rappers when I first started rapping was J. Ru the Damager. Ooh, and yeah, it, and if you go if if you go back to the Plague album. You realize yes. that I rap in that dictionary syllable style yeah. sometimes. Yeah. You know, I learned that from that dude. And, I, sure. and I, dude, sure. so it's so it's so funny because like you always kind of had that J. Rue vibe to me. And I sent a track I did to Jamie, and he sent it back, and he's like, "This has a J. Rue vibe to it." I'm like, <laughs> "To me, this almost has a dirt vibe." But I'm like, he, "Yeah, he wow. was uh, J. Rue was circle. one of the." To me, J. Rue was one of the. I can't recall of anybody else that wrapped in those syllables you know broken yeah, broken yeah. up syllables yeah, and i just really yeah. like that uh you know a lot of people complain that, that i don't sound the same as in the play i was 16 17 and 18 when i recorded it i yeah. wow I, th I think my testicles dropped by then but yeah 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 not, i don't know <laughs> you're but, a grown you know, man now it's okay yeah uh, now my voice is and i know how to be in the mic yeah. obviously but 
and I don't know if I still kind of rap like that, but he was very influential back in the late nineties. And then, um, favorite MC of all time though, but it took a while. I wasn't on this person's uh, tip was definitely Nas. Okay. Nas can literally rap on any track. He can be gangster. He can be East coast. He can be underground. He can be poppy and he's just dope. Yeah. Nas is, I've never heard a completely whack Nas song. You can say that there's one that's kind of, you know, the wackiest, but yeah. Yeah. Nas always comes off really fresh. And I love his style and the way his voice sounds and whatnot. And, you know, honorable mentions to a uh, guru, you know, from Gangstar. Yeah, obviously. For sure. yeah. I love yeah. DJ Premier. I'm rocking makes... Gangstar socks right now. Bam. <laughs> Bam. I didn't even know that was a thing, but it, oh, yeah, it bro. should be. It should yeah. be. And then, you know, when Wu-Tang came out, I was angry at first because I was like, this is what I wanted to do. Wait, wait, wait. I was yeah. going to do this. But then I had to get used to the fact that Wu-Tang is dope. Now, no matter, do you want to know who's the dopest in the Wu-Tang? Oh, this is a good oh. question. Okay, yeah, one. I mean, go ahead, drop it. I mean, that's going to be, we're going to have to do like one? 10 episodes. There's only one? I, I feel like it's highly debatable. Yeah. No, there, there's no debate. There's only one. Okay. And we're going with the original members from the 36 Chambers. Oh, so, so not Capadonna then? No, it's definitely not okay. Capadonna. Okay. Come on, oh, <laughs> no, I'm just the attitude there. Like, Cap- not Capadonna. Capadonna and Rick Warner, like, over <laughs> at the end, bro. Come on. It's uh, uh, by far, by far, Jizza. Right there. By far, but it's Jizza all the way, bro. Jizza, huh? There's no Wu Tang original member better than Jizza. The, the elder on, statesman, right there. I, I agree. Like, Jizza my- the, has the dopest sounding voice, yeah. almost, I want to say, almost. Better than Rakim. Maybe. Well, dude, just so, as far as just as far as knowledge dropped, like I feel like he was science. The, the balance to the whole woo. Like he was the dude who he brought the wisdom to it. So you had some of the younger dudes who he's like, nah, not nah, like no young one, like come here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that's what I like about. I, yeah, I, yeah. I gotta know though, are we talking the best or are we talking your favorite? The best, bro. He drops the science and his voice sound. And he does. Is he also your favorite, though? Or is there someone really? Okay, well, 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 honestly, (laughs) I love love Killer Priest, but I'm I'm going. But see, that's circumferential. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not like woo woo. Like, Killer Priest, yeah, dude, son's a man all day. You know what I mean? Like, son's a man all day. But I want to hear, like, I want to hear what jamie thinks what so i think, just jamie? i love method man i was gonna say i thought you were gonna say odb bro well yeah i mean i love odb <laughs> just, too just, what, right just there man the, right behind me just because he's the icon fun odb because <laughs> he's the fun rapper you gonna say odb yeah i i mean look either one of those uh but method man i just think overall yeah. i just i think he's my favorite and uh i think this distinction between favorite and best is important yeah yeah. And when, when we're talking about nerding out over rappers. And so like, there's been like the debate among some of my friends, for example, between about Q-tip versus Nas. Um, Nas. In, in my opinion. Nas, Nas, Q-tip. Nas, all day, Q-tip. every day. <laughs> so in my opinion, Give me a this, Nas is, this, this is why, <laughs> this is why we got to, well, that would be dope. Uh, <laughs> yes, but sir. This is why we got to make a distinction between favorite or best. Because if you're asking me Nas or Q-Tip, which do you like more? 
I'd rather listen to Q-Tip all day. But who's the better rapper? Ugh, Q-Tip's great. Going with Nas. But see, you, you're pointing out exactly what I was saying earlier is that to me, you don't put them in a comparison. That's two different kinds of rap. Sure. That's yeah, jazz sure, yeah. samples. That's jazz samples and Q-Tip. And now you would have to ask me who in the jazz you know, arena of hip hop yeah. do you like yeah. the best? Yeah, it would be yeah. Q-Tip. But, you know, Nas is is hard, gangstery, New York gangstery, you know, East Coast rap. They're not in the same category. So yeah. that would be yeah. a hard one for me. But see, I, I love I love to to bend these barriers. I mean, and that's that's why I have you rapping on songs with me. Uh years ago, it's never <laughs> happened, but my dream in like 1999 was like you, me, and Pigeon John on a song. Yeah. And and I think I think I actually was trying to get uh like one of the future shot guys to produce it or something. It never happened. But um that was the idea because I like bending these rules a yeah, little bit. Yeah. Are you uh transgender? <laughs> I don't bend those rules. Okay. Uh Just I know my pronouns. Know. I was born <laughs> with all the things. <laughs> Some rules, wow. there, that's the whole point, man. Some rules <laughs> should be bent, but some shouldn't. We need to so stop I'm, that some of that stuff. I'm going to say this. So I think my favorite out of Wu is, I think I think the best out of Wu is probably Meth, but my favorite is probably Jizza. I think I could listen to more Wu or to more Meth overall, just stylistically. Yeah. And even how KRS breaks it down, like in the MC, like documentary, but Jizza, just the wisdom he drops, I feel he brings so much balance, the whole woo, like I could listen to him like longer. So, I mean, yeah. I, I, I like Method Man as well. But really, only on the original and his first, you know, solo, it just seemed like he got. It just seemed like it didn't change or grow or evolve. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. When sure. you when you listen to Jizza on Liquid Swords, it just blows your mind. It got yeah. better yeah. than yeah. the Wu Tang yeah. Thirty Six Chambers. Yes. Sir. Then when yeah. you listen to the DJ Mugs and Jizza, it yeah. went into a different category again. Yeah. You, you grew yeah. and did different things, yes. but still say Jizza. Method yeah. Man never did that. Method Man was just always Method Man. Sounds like That's I need to do some homework before I open my like dang mouth again. Mom. Dude, sounds like <laughs> we need to have, you know, Mr. Mr. Dirt, you know, <laughs> Jeremiah Dirt back on again so we can have some more of this because this is beautiful. Let's do it. Yeah, we need to come and just have a uh what do we know about hip hop type of conversation. <laughs> That'd, That'd be, be fun. fun. That would be fun. Well, dude, right. thank you for being on. Uh, this is another episode of Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks. We are at Brews Beards on Instagram and BrewsBeards.com. Um, that's it. That's it. Yep. That's all we got. Now we're going to play Microphone Fiend, right? No, because you'll get uh, copyrighted. Oh, uh, we're going to do it anyway. And I'll give you permission to play any dirt song you want. Go yeah, actually, actually that's, probably, that's probably the habit we need to be in is just play a snippet from that and then play the dirt song what what should we play from you man cool because cool, i don't get cool. upset i kick a hole in the speaker pull a plug then i jet make me pick <laughs> hey dirt where you going with that mic in your hand <laughs> please don't play that that was uh, a <laughs> will not phase 
Was that some interlude hey, stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just an interlude anyway. Uh, play something new, man. Nobody knows all the new stuff. I, I, I almost feel bad for Rebel Lion and and that uh, Solomon Kane, and you know, because it just like barely anybody knows about. G- the give, album. give us a, a radio type banger from uh, from Rebel Lion. Rebel Lion, I think, that no, I think Nomadic would agree that uh, Feel the Break is probably the most uh, upbeat, radio-friendly yeah. type of track. Yeah, yeah. And let's yeah. do that. Here we go. Let's feel this. Come on. Let this yeah, big break just sink into your bones. This goes out to all B-boys and B-girls. Uh, Innovator uh. crew. Take care of us. What up? What up, dirt? Uh-huh. Illustrate. Are you ready to throw confetti? The track of beat, I'm still razor flow machete. Without God, unsteady. With God, rock steady. B-boys innovate. Now the crowd ready to motivate you to feel the break. So you can decide to move fast or slow too. This rhythm track enter the wolf pack. Y'all give us hell, so we giving it back. I got the feeling, living without a ceiling. Cause sky is the limit. The atrium in the building is filled with his children. Glorified chameleons, lifting thanksgiving in the end like pilgrims. Cause time's ticking, lyrically rhyme gifted. Healing every hurt with dirt and God spitting. Mud hits the blind guy, sight to his blind eye. Miracles can work with dirt and I'm giving. <laughs> Feel it like braille, dude. We fish like whale food. Get your hands up like 12 noon from SD to Bellevue. Uh. They running from the salt like snails do. This seasoning is the reason we trying to help you yep. uh, Filling the brakes like belief melanin With a Russian immigrant and a drummer heaven sent Or uh, an elephant uh, sleeping on a skeleton His wheels to hitch him with the love of their life Like Al Brenneman Feel it, DJs was drug dealing mixtape. 
Enough respect, final dub, DJ select Vertebrae shake, side effect, break up the neck Cause when the beat play, the whole crowd sway And the stress float away like coming to God to pray You and your girlfriend get caught up in the whirlwind If you hold the negative vibes, throw your hands up and hurl them Ha, me not wanna hear that, we take it our life back Devil stole it, but praise God, he breaks us from that Yeah, so uh, he had this dirt hole apartment. Uh, the pun was totally not intended. Um, in San Diego, it was almost exactly 250 miles from my parents' house. And I had a job, and I went to school, and I rapped. And that's all I did. And I used to drive down there and hang out with him. And I had this graffiti car, this graffiti mobile. And oh, you sent me a picture of that, I think. Yeah. His, yeah. his, his crib, his house basically looked like my car. In fact, maybe it was his house that gave me the inspiration for his car. In fact, yeah, shout out to Phasm, because uh, Phasm from Gospel Graffiti. Yeah, I do. I hate that side of all the time in high school. Man, yeah, they, they've got some dope stuff. And Phasm's a good guy. I haven't talked to him in years, but uh, we used to be pretty tight. And he, he did three versions of the graffiti on my car. And then I believe he did a mural at Dirt's house. I think he spent a week with Dirt or something like that. But uh, I was actually going to, because, you know, it was supposed to be off the record, but we are recording. Um, You, you, um, I don't know. I felt like I was going to name, I already lost my train of thought, but Yoda, Yoda from uh, one of the early members of Royal Ruckus did a graffiti mural there. And, uh, oh, I think this is where I was going was Dirt's house was just like this crazy hip hop crib. And like everything was painted with graffiti and he had like a DJ booth in the back and uh, just amazing stuff. But I guarantee you he didn't get his deposit back. Um, <laughs> he might have gotten sued. Uh, <laughs> the, the opposite of deposit back. Yeah. You owe us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So anyway, I don't know. I don't remember how that started, but that might give us something to talk about later. My goodness, I've been listening to him since I was 17 years old. Dude, I think, well, that's why it's like, dude, the first joint I heard him on was like the POD joint, mm-hmm. like which came out in 96. So like yeah. that was, you know, um, and I actually remember grabbing, I'll get that later. Um, I remember grabbing uh, the, like the POD Warriors EP and then his first album like the same day. Yeah. And so, like, I was, I mean, this is obviously stuff for later, too, but it's like, like, that album, I was just like, 
it just had such like this pretty like woo sound to it, but it was West yeah. Coast. I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's the first time I heard KJ Five Two. Yeah, you know, was that Sons of Intellect joint? So I was like wanting to see more Sons of Intellect. You yeah, know? yeah. So. And I, I, uh, well, I, I, I like KJ. You know, he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. but like I loved that Sons of Intellect style even more than yeah. stuff he did solo. I got, I Me got too. why he did that. I like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He had to make uh, a little bit of a transformation yeah, for, yeah. for the age range and stuff he was going yeah. for. Um, but let's be let's be honest. Backpack rap, yeah, doesn't get a, a, as yeah. much press as you and I would like it to. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> well, dude, so, you see what I was so bummed about on like because I dug KJ's first album, like the Seventh yeah. Avenue. It was dope, but I was so bummed when they had like the, S, the SOI anthem. And it was no SOI. It was him and cross movement. Yeah. yeah. I was like, how is this SOI? You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's yeah. what I was kind of like. But, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to that. Cause I don't, I don't know. I don't know the, the uh, ins and outs of like his stuff, but you know, f- for me after a number of years of trying to hold rural ruckus together and we've had very, I mean, flatline Mike and I, he are, you know, he and I are like forever now Royal Ruckus, right? Um, but like, we're we're on, I don't know if I'm chopping up for you. Oh, there you are. Uh, you know, we're, we're in different places in life right now. And like, he can't always do the music with me. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. so like I put out a record. Is it Royal Ruckus? Is it not? What is, what is this? Right. You know? Right. So probably for KJ, a lot of that was like, he had this Sons of Intellect concept right in this in this song yeah. and then things were weird or they were just on a different page at the time you know yeah but i think they've been yeah. uh yeah. they've done some stuff that i think he put out some stuff in the last couple of years from them that was either yeah. like always they've, unreleased or it was uh new yeah yeah they've, they've done a bunch of like collabs and stuff and i think they just really they released a new ep not too long ago together so nice nice all right well uh let's go let's go do our own thing and uh i'll see you in 30 minutes man All right, peace, man.